Hello, everybody. Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, This is our eighth week in our current sermon series, Walking Through the Ten Commandments. We've been taking these commands, the ones that sound very basic and they sound very easy to understand. We're taking them just a little bit deeper and seeing what else God actually wants us to know and how we can apply that to our lives. The eighth commandment is, Thou shalt not steal. And what if I told you that Jesus meant more for us than just the idea of taking things that don't belong to us? Yes, we should not do that, as we will discuss but there's even more. We're also going to get down to the root of stealing and what actually happens to us when we do that and how we can avoid that sin altogether. So even if you do not struggle with being a thief, we hope that you can still get something out of this. That is the prayer today. So thanks again for listening. We encourage you to go to our website at www.17scc.com. You can actually watch our services live from there. Get more information about the church, and we would love to see you on Sunday morning. Our worship services are at 11 o'clock here at 17th Street in Corbin, Kentucky, and we would love to see you. Um, We ask that you please just share this with somebody. That way you can hopefully encourage them and help them get closer to the Father as well. So again, thanks and enjoy. Street. Thank you guys so much for being here today. If you're visiting, my name's Mike. Um, if you're watching online or listening for the first time, welcome. And I'm glad you chose to be here this morning. Because in case you didn't know, you could be about a billion other places, but you chose to be here. So I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for you being here. And really quickly, before we kind of jump into today's conversations, I want to tell you about just a couple things. Um, really quickly, a, a reminder, last week, And we opened up in case anyone wanted to make any type of donation to help those who are struggling with the floods right now in eastern Kentucky. We've been kind of taking up stuff all throughout the week. I asked for water and clothes, but we're really taking anything. And we've got a a pile downstairs. But all that's going to be going out tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So if it's not here by 1 tomorrow... I'm sorry. So if you got anything else you want to bring or you feel led to make a couple, uh, go buy some cleaning supplies or a broom or some water or whatever it is. Make sure it's here tomorrow by noon. That way we can get all that stuff loaded up. But also, every single week this summer, we kind of conclude uh, this conversation. I've challenged you to pray for Faith Christian Camp. I've done it every single week, and I've encouraged you to do so and said, hey, your prayers work. Look what happened. Um, I was talking to Jennifer the other day, the lady that runs the office right now, and I was saying, Jennifer, what were the numbers this year? Like, how, 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 what how many kids we have, what were the decisions made, and all that stuff, because I want to know, so I can share it with our people. Um, This summer, there was 320 campers, there was 15 baptisms this summer, and around 35 rededications, but that number was iffy. There was probably more, that was just the only ones they had accounted for. So thank you, Father. Um, It was an awesome summer. I know I got to be out there a bunch, and it's just great to see kids move. By God, it's just awesome. I, it just gives me chills. I love it. Um, so thank you for your prayers this summer. It worked, okay? God does awesome things whenever we seek him, okay? So I challenge you. I'll probably shut up about camp for a few months now. Uh, but I challenge you from now forward, keep those decisions in your prayers because now they have a target on their back. And they need as much help as they can get. So I encourage you, pray, continue to keep those kiddos in your prayers as the summer, or as, you know, the year continues. Okay? So this morning we're going to be continuing on with our uh, series we've been in over the past couple months. We are walking through the Ten Commandments. And I've really enjoyed this series because it's challenged me to take a deeper look at these Ten Commandments. And as you've seen, hopefully you've seen, there's a lot more to them than maybe what we always think. They're more than just the one-liners that we read in Scripture. They're more than just the one-liners we see on plaques and homes and businesses. 
There's so much more that God wants us to know, and hopefully you've been able to see that. But just in case you haven't been here, you don't know, uh, when God's people, the Israelites, were in captivity in Egypt, when God set them free on their way to the promised land, the land of Canaan, this is when God gave them these Ten Commandments. These are moral law, a lot of law in Old Testament we don't really deal with right now, but this we do. It is moral. It is the same today as it was yesterday and as it will be tomorrow. It does not change. It does not waver. It is the same. The Ten Commandments stand today just as they did back then. Uh, we kinda, we're all the way on number eight now, but we've talked those first four, you can remember, were all about our relationship with the Father. They're all about God. You'll notice that if you look through the first four. Everything that has to do with is us and our relationship with God. And then 6 through 10 is all about our relationship with others. And that's where we are today. We've hit on these others. We've talked about our relationships with our parents and our families. We talked about murder and hate and the reason why God actually doesn't like it. When we take the life of someone else, we're taking the life away from someone who was made in the image of God. That is not a good thing to do. But we also talked about the root of murder and how it's hate. And how when we have hate and anger in our heart, it says that we'll be judged as well. And so I'll challenge you to work on that the past few weeks. Last week, we had a great conversation on adultery. Um, I know it sounds weird to say out loud, but I really did enjoy last week's conversation on how the root of that is lust. It's more than the physical act. It's the mental act. We must renew our minds as well as our bodies as well. And today, we move on. Exodus 20:15, the eighth commandment is, you shall not steal. Sounds very simple, doesn't it? But there's more to it than just that, and we're going to be talking about that this morning. So a Sunday school teacher was talking to her kiddos in the classroom, and she's teaching this morning on the Eighth Commandment on, you know, stealing and theft and everything. And she names this scenario to the kids. She goes, if I were to sneak into a man's pocket and steal his wallet, what would I be? The little boy stands up and goes, you'd be his wife. Um, <laughs> Jen, Jenna would probably turn that around with me, the, the way I, I blow money. But anyway, uh, the, the obvious truth is this, is that theft is a sin, and it's in many forms. There's the obvious physical taking something that's not yours, but there's more to that. There's the sin of plagiarism. Stealing mental things that are not yours and claiming them to be yourself. Maybe many of y'all remember back in your college days. Yeah, you, yeah it, was a, it was a little late on some of them papers, and you were you you and your roommate. Yeah, yeah you remember those days. I, I I don't know what they did back in the day, but I remember when I was in college, we actually had to submit our like essays through a system that scanned them and looked for like copyrights. I mean, you couldn't get away with nothing. And you can ask my roommate; he knows uh, because he got in trouble. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, if you're watching, man, you've been called out. But anyway, today's truth is this, a very basic truth. Theft of any kind is a sin. Every single of these commands have a basic truth, a basic understanding. That's the basic one for today. Theft of any kind is a sin, whether it's a physical theft or an intellectual stealing or anything like that. It's any theft of any kind is a sin. I like this quote. Dr. James Kennedy says this, Stealing is the great American pastime. Stealing is at epidemic levels. Church, I don't know if you realize this, but theft is a problem in the world, but it's really a problem in the United States, as it is everywhere. I want to read you these statistics. You know, last week I talked a lot about numbers and stuff on how much adultery has impacted our world inside and outside the church. 
It's not that much different with stealing, by the way. But on average, these numbers blows my mind. When I think of someone stealing something, I think of the kid taking the candy at the checkout line. That's what I think of. It's a lot more than that. In the USA, the, there's an average annual of about 400 million shoplifting incidents every single year. 400 million incidents. That's about $20 billion of profits lost just from shoplifting, not other types of stealing. Theft is a problem in our church. But here's what's interesting. Even if you talk to someone who's not a Christian, someone who does not, you know, does not believe in God the Father, most people will agree that stealing is wrong. They may do it anyway, but they may not care. But most people understand that the idea of taking something that's not yours is not okay. But it's interesting because our world glorifies it. We do. Like, what do you mean, Mike? Think right now in your head how many movies, books, a theft, a heist is the basis of that idea. It's like every other movie you watch, they're trying to go steal something. They're trying to go get something. They're trying to take something. I got some examples because you know me, I got to have my examples. Here, I watched these just the other day. Do you ever watch the National Treasure movies? The whole idea of the movies is they're stealing the Declaration of Independence. The whole idea, um, this one's a little bit more mature, but a video game, literally one of the biggest video games of our generation is what? Grand Theft Auto. It's the idea, there's a lot more to it, but the basic understanding is stealing someone's car. That's kind of the base of it, and it gets a lot deeper. Many of you may have watched any of the Oceans movies. They go and they do these big heists and casinos and stuff. I cannot get Jenna to watch them with me, even though I love them. Or the Mission Impossible movies, they're always stealing. Church, stealing is in our culture, even though we know it's wrong. But now, think about this. Almost all of these commands are in our culture. I don't know the last time I watched a movie that didn't talk about stealing, murder, adultery, or family drama. That's commandment 6, 7, and 8. Or 5, 6, 7, 8 right there. We have a problem, church. It's we're glorifying the things that disgust God. You ever thought about that? Because it'd be a boring movie if it wasn't about those things. So I want to ask you this very basic question this morning, okay? And you may say no very quickly, but just kind of hang on. Very basic question. Do you struggle with theft? I believe it's in your notes. Do you struggle with stealing? It may be like, nope, I don't really need to be here. Just hang, hang on. Do you struggle with theft? Stealing is a sin, and it's more than the physical thing. I was reading the story the other day, and I want to read it to you. I'll kind of try to read it here word by word. Every spring, there was this man who lived across the street from an abandoned home. And every spring, the most beautiful daffodils and tulips would bloom in the overgrown yard. And every spring, a man would think about digging them up and planting them in his own yard. One year, after watching the flowers every single day and considering digging them up, the man resolved to do so. After all, he thought, who could it hurt? The home was abandoned. That night... As dusk settled over the neighborhood, he got a shovel and a bucket, and he prepared to dig up the flowers when at last moment his eye was drawn to a flower in his own yard. The flower came with the house. He didn't plant it, but yet he remembered the joy of discovering what was buried beneath the ground the first spring in his home. And then he realized that despite all his attempts to justify you know, stealing the flowers from an abandoned home, he was robbing the next homeowners the same joy that he had experienced. 
a lot of times we think of theft and the idea of possessions or you know, intellectual things. What about when we steal others' joy? How often do we take joy away from someone else? Maybe God frowns upon that. There was a few months ago, uh, it was a Saturday morning. We had nothing to do on the schedule. Jenna woke up, I think she got up a little bit earlier than me. I think she might have went on a walk or something. And she was having a great day. It was one of them days where Jenna's in a good mood. I mean, she's, I mean, she, she got her everything. She hopped in the shower, got all fixed up, you know, threw on a nice outfit. We're going to Cracker Barrel. She's just having a great day. And I don't know what it was, but I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I was grumpy. I was irritable. I was hateful. Nothing made my happy. I was just not in a good mood. And I remember she looked at me. And she's like, hey, you're killing my vibe. I'm having a good Saturday zen right now, and you're messing it up. My selfishness was taking away her joy on something. I know it sounds kind of silly, but when was the last time your selfishness took away someone's joy? Think about it like that. Because kind of the root, by the way, of theft is really selfishness. <laughs> what about this John chapter 8? When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whenever I think of a thief... I don't think of someone, you know, bright and happy and all these things. You know what I think of? I think of someone who's hiding in the shadows. He's got a dark hood on, don't you? If you get on Google and you Google thief, you're going to find someone who's, you know, kind of creepy. And they're hiding in darkness. They're hiding. They're, they're in the shadows. If you struggle with theft, you're living in the shadows. And you know what? The, there's a problem with that, church. The problem is they're in the shadows. There's no light. When we live our life in the shadow, we are away from the light of Jesus. We are not in him. When we're living into these sins, we can't experience God's goodness because we're living in the shadows. This is why we have to fix these things. It's, um, I don't know about you guys, but you've probably can think about this maybe on sports terms. You ever know some of those people who uh, are so-called fans when a certain team maybe starts doing good? That's not been good in a while. I don't know about you guys, but I saw a lot of Bengals fans. I didn't know we were Bengals fans last year, right? They kind of come out of the shadows, don't they? My biggest fear is that Jesus will return while I'm on earth, and I'll have been in the shadows. And I'll crawl out of the rock and go, hey, that's my team. That's my guy. And say, well, where were you all these other days? Church, I don't want to be that person, and I pray that you won't either. God's commandment is not to steal, it's not to take, not to take people's joy, not people take his possessions, not to take their thoughts. But what if we took this to a little bit of a different level? What if we stopped thinking of these commandments as just rules telling us what not to do? What if we looked at them as what they're asking us to do? If you ever want to sit down with me and we have a conversation about sin, this is the way I like to explain it, you know, especially if kids are wanting to know about what sin is. I always like to try to keep it simple. Sin is anything away from God. If it's away from God, it's not part of him, it's sin. In other words, anything we do that the Bible says not to do is a sin. But anything we don't do that the Bible says to do is a sin. That's kind of like how I like to explain sin on a very, very, very basic level. What if we looked at this, um, this, ver this command as saying, hey, don't just not steal, but do good. Do good as well. Love your neighbor. It makes us ask this question is, what does God require? Matthew chapter 5 says, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. 
You notice it doesn't say, don't just, don't only give until I ask too many times, or no, don't do it because they're, they're lazy. No, the command is simple, it's to love and give. Well, Mike, we're not always able. There's a difference in not being able and not being willing, by the way, but we're not going to go too far down that. The root of selfishness, or excuse me, the root of theft is selfishness. Write that down. The root of theft is selfishness. These whole commands, we've been getting to the root. They're very basic. Yeah, don't take nothing, but what's the root? What causes us to steal? It's when we are selfish. So instead of not stealing, maybe God is just trying to say, hey, don't be selfish. selfish. Or maybe he's saying, be selfless. Be selfless. Maybe that's what God's trying to tell us today. The root of murder is hate. The root of adultery is lust. The root of stealing is selfishness. I want to give you a few biblical truths today. They're not really, they're, kind of, they're truths, but they're kind of violations. Every time we steal, whether it's possessions, thoughts, whatever it is, we're violating different things. But before we do that, I want to speak to whoever it is in the room today. Some of you guys are like, Mike, I don't steal nothing. I'm just here. Hurry up so I can go eat. I get it. But there's probably some of you here today who actually have a deep problem with theft. It's been a secret problem for many years, and it's that thing that you just can't stop because you're addicted to it, yet no one knows. Even it's just the little bitty things, the little bitty things here or there, and it's the only thing you can do to like fill that void. It's an addiction. It's a thing that gives you that pleasure, that part, and you can't stop. If that's you, I want you to know that it's okay, but we've got to get better. God's grace is available. Okay? Three violations. When we steal, it's a violation of the law. It's very basic, what we just said. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because all sinned. There's a debate in the world of what the first sin was. Well, obviously it was Adam and Eve, but what was it? Some people like to say that it was stealing. They stole from God. Of course, you know, there's a deeper conversation there. Just work with me for a minute. The idea is maybe the first sin was that they took something that didn't belong to them. And ever since then, we can't stop taking things that don't belong to us. It started in the garden, and we're still here struggling, stealing $20 billion every single year. It's a violation of, it's a violation of the law. It's a violation of loyalty. When you steal, you are breaking trust, even if it's not just possessions, thoughts. You're taking something, and you're destroying it, church. And if you don't believe me, think about this. Next Sunday morning, we had to have a meeting. And for some reason, everybody found out that Mike was been stealing the offering. Like, I've got my little key. I've been back there during, like, hey, everybody's singing these songs. I'm, you know, yeah, well, I'm helping myself. You know, there's a reason we got a new couch. You know, that's the, I'm back there helping myself. And imagine you found out. And for some reason, I didn't get fired. For some reason, there was grace. Would you ever trust me again? No. You wouldn't trust the church with the funds. You wouldn't trust me to do anything. The relationship there is over. You know why? Because I stole. When you steal, when you theft, you are destroying relationships. You are destroying trust. If someone doesn't trust you, how can you ever witness to them? How can you ever love someone if there's no loyalty there? Number three, it's a violation of love. Stealing is selfish. It's not caring about anyone else including their joy. It's only caring about your own self. It's a violation of the law. It's a violation of loyalty. When we steal, it's a violation of love. 
Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and good. Church, the root of theft is selfishness. Think about that. Right now, ask yourself, am I a selfish person? Now ask your spouse or your best friend later and see what they tell you. Because it's dangerous. I want to give you a little bit of application today. I don't want to just you know, list out a bunch of facts and things, which I think are, are really interesting. But I want to leave you just a little bit of applications. How can we become less selfish? How can we stop stealing? If you're here today and you secretly struggle with stealing, I want you to listen and try to do these three things, okay? Okay, try this. How do we become less selfish and follow this command? Number one is this. We need integrity. Selfish people don't have integrity. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. We need integrity. Colossians 3.22 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to cure their favor, but with a sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. You know what that verse means, church? Those of you who still work, those of you who have not you know, hung it up yet, it means to do the job you've been hired to do. It's called living with integrity. It means if you're getting paid to work this many hours, you're getting paid to do this job, but you're not doing it, you're stealing from your employer. You're being selfish. Think about that next time you take a long lunch break. So <laughs> it's like, wow. So we're stealing. Ephesians 4.20, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but what? Must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. People of integrity do work. We don't keep what doesn't belong to us. That includes your taxes. Oh. Mark chapter 12 says, then Jesus said to them, give Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what's God's. And they were amazed at him. <laughs> Notice that. They were amazed at him. Those of you who still work, think about that. Also, those of you who have kids who are still watching you, they watch the way you work, by the way. They pick up on your habits. They listen the way you talk about your boss. They watch the way you go in. They watch how late you are. They watch what you do. They watch, they watch, they watch. It doesn't matter if they're out of the house. I'll watch my mom. Even though she's retired, I'll watch her. I see what she does. It impacts me in good ways and bad ways. Nah, there's nothing bad about her. It impacts me these ways. Do that. Romans 15 or 13, 8. Let no doubt remain, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. And whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The Christian should pay our bills. We should take care of our debts. So nothing is over us. We need integrity. What about this? We need industry. I sound like a politician this morning. I'm sorry. We need industry. Let's read that verse again. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. All right, we've done that. But must work doing something useful with their own hands. In 2 Thessalonians, it tells us, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule to the one who is unwilling to work, they shall not eat. We've been told, we've been asked to use our hands for good. We've not been put here on earth just to not do anything. We've been challenged to do that. We've been challenged to raise our families like that. We've been challenged to do good with our hands. Ask yourself, are you doing good with your hands? Finally, number three, we need generosity. We need integrity. We need industry. You know what else we need? We need 
generosity. Let's read that verse one more time. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must do work, doing simple, something useful with their hands. And look at this last part. And they have, excuse me, that they may have something to share with those in need. Don't steal, work, be useful, and what? Do it so you can have something to share with those in need. The opposite of stealing is giving. The opposite of stealing is giving. If you're here today and you struggle with theft, you, you, it's something that's eating you alive and you can't stop, you want, I want to give you homework this week. Try giving something away. Whether it's a few dollars, a possession, a service, whatever it is. We had a whole conversation on giving a few months ago. Okay? I don't want to hit too long on this one. Give something. It might be what it is that's going to keep you from stopping. Give your time, your talents, your finances. Remember this whole conversation we had a few months ago? If you're living in a selfish life, generosity might be the cure, church. Listen, I don't know where everyone's at today. You may have thought this was a useless sermon, but even if you don't struggle with theft, do those three things. Live with integrity, live with industry, and start to be generous. It keeps you from being selfish. It keeps you from ever falling. Remember last week when we talked about putting up hedges in our relationships so we're never vulnerable? Well, maybe we need to make sure we're not vulnerable being selfish as well. You know what? And if you're here and you struggle with the idea of taking things that aren't yours, even if it's someone's joy, you're always the sourpuss, always makes everyone grumpy. Why don't you try doing these things and just see what happens? Do you struggle with theft? Answer that question honestly. Father, forgive us.